Chapter Fifty of Haworths. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by John Brandon. Haworths by Francis Hodgson Burnett. Chapter Fifty. An After Dinner Speech. At dinner the next evening, Mister French had a story to tell it was the rather exciting story of the completion of murdoch's labor the night attack and his sudden departure exciting as it was however mr french did not relate it in his most vivid manner his nervous ailments had increased of late and he was not in a condition to be vivacious and dramatic the incident came from him rather tamely upon the whole if it is the success he thinks it is he terminated he is a made man and he is not the fellow to deceive himself well he said rather drearily i have said it would be so as haworth had foreseen st mirren appeared upon the scene again he was present when the story was told and was much interested in it as a dramatic incident bringing the peculiarities of the manufacturing class of broxton into strong play if they had murdered him he remarked with critical niceness it would have been the most tragic of tragedies on the very eve of his life's success a tragedy indeed and it is not bad either that it should have been his master who saved him why do you say master said mr french coldly pardon me i thought mr french interposed in some hurry oh he has always been such an uncommon young fellow that we have scarcely thought of him as a servant he has not been exactly a servant in fact ah replied st Marin. i ask pardon again he had not been a little bewildered at the change he found in the household mr french no longer expounded his views at length with refined vigour he frequently excused himself from the family circle on plea of severe indisposition and at other times he sat in singular and depressing silence he was evidently ill there were lines upon his forehead and circles about his eyes he had a perturbed air and started without any apparent cause a change showed itself in miss french also so subtle as not to be easily described it was a change which was not pallor nor fragility it was an alteration which baffled him and yet forced him to recognize its presence constantly and to endeavor to comprehend it french himself had seen it and pondered over it in secret when he sat in his private room at the bank bewildered and terrified even by the mere effort to think and face the future his burden was not a little increased by his remembrance of his hours at home more than all the rest he shrank from the day of reckoning with his daughter he had confronted hallworth and borne the worst of his wrath the account of himself which he must render to her would be the most scathing ordeal of his life some women would pity me he said to himself but she will not truth to tell he looked forward pathetically to the possibility that hereafter their paths might lie apart fate had saved him 
one fearful responsibility at least her private fortune had been beyond his reach and she would still be a rich woman even when the worst came he could live on very little he told himself and there was always some hope for a man of resources he still believed somewhat though rather vaguely in his resources a few days after murdoch's departure there came to broxton on a visit of inspection a dignitary of great magnitude a political economist a member of parliament above all other things he was absorbed in the fortunes of the manufacturing districts he had done the trades unions the honor of weighing their cause and reasoning with them he had parlayed with the strikers and held meetings with the masters he had heard of Hallworth and his extraordinary stand against the outbreak and was curious to see him he came as the guest of one of the county families who regarded Hallworth and his success a subject worth enlarging upon he was taken to the works and presented to their master Hallworth met him with little enthusiasm he showed him over the place but maintained his taciturnity he was not even moved to any exhibition of gratitude on being told that he had done wonders the finale of the visit was a stately dinner given by the county family Hallworth and the member were the features of the festivity and speeches were made which took a congratulatory and even a laudatory turn i can't go french cried piteously when Hallworth came to his room at the bank with the news he turned quite white and sank back into his chair it is too much to ask i no i am not strong enough he felt himself as good as a dead man when Hallworth turned about and strode up to him livid and opening and shutting his hands blast you he hissed through his teeth you did it you and you shall pay for it as long as i'm nigh to make you st Mirren was among the guests and miss french whose wonderful beauty attracted the dignitary's eye at once years after he remembered and spoke of her he glanced toward her when he rose to make his after-dinner speech and caught her eye and was somewhat confused by it but he was very eloquent the master of Hallworth's was his inspiration and text his resources his strength of will his giant enterprises his readiness and daring at the moment when all was at hazard these were matters indeed for eloquence Hallworth sat leaning forward upon the table he played with his wine-glass turning it round and round not spilling a drop of the ruby liquid sometimes he glanced at the orator with a smile which no one exactly understood oftener he kept his eyes fixed upon the full wine-glass when at length the speaker sat down with a swift final glance at rachel french there was a silence of several seconds everybody felt that a reply was needed Hallworth turned his wine-glass two or three times without raising his eyes but at last just as the pause was becoming embarrassing he looked across the table at french who sat opposite i'm not a speech-making chap myself he said my partner is 
he'll say my say for me he gave french a nod that gentleman had been pale and distracted through all the courses now he became paler than ever he hesitated glanced about him at the waiting guest and at hallworth who nodded again and then rose it was something unusual that mr french should hang back and show himself unready he began his speech of thanks in his partner's name falteringly and as if at a loss for the commonest forms of expression he replied to the member's compliments with hesitation he spoke of the difficulties they had encountered with a visibly strong effort he touched upon their success and triumph with such singular lack of exultation that those who listened began to exchange looks of questioning and suddenly in the midst of his wanderings and struggles at recovering himself he broke off and begged leave to sit down i am ill he said i have been indisposed for some time i must crave your pardon and-and my partners for my inability to say what-what i would wish he sat down amid many expressions of sympathy the plea accounted for his unusual demeanour it was thought the member himself sought an interview with him in which he expressed his regret and his sense of the fact that nothing was more natural than that the result of so long bearing a weight of responsibility should be a strain upon the nervous system and a consequent loss of physical strength you must care for yourself my dear sir he added your firm nay the country cannot afford to lose an element like yourself at such a crisis on the morning following the member left broxton on his way to the station he was moved to pay a final visit to hallworth at the works i congratulate you he said with much warmth on shaking hands with him i congratulate england upon your determination and indomitable courage and upon your wonderful success there was a good deal of talk about murdoch during his absence the story of the attack and of hallworth's repulse of the attacking party became a popular incident mr reddy and his companions disappeared from the scene with promptness much interest was manifested in the ultimate success of the model which had previously been regarded with the mingling of indifference and disfavour as not loik to cum to out the results of its agreeably disappointing people by coming to out were estimated at nothing short of a million per annum the chapel rolly brass it was said hallworth will be new weir happen the lad'll come back and set up a works agin em and he come here nowt but a working chap a few years sin the two women in the little house in the narrow street heard the story of the attack only through report they had no letters i won't write murdoch had said you shall not be troubled by prospects that might end in nothing you will hear nothing from me till i come and tell you with my own lips that i have won or failed in the days of waiting christian proved her strength she would not let her belief be beaten or weighed down she clung to it in spite of what she saw hour by hour in the face of the woman who was her companion 
i have lived through it before it was not put into words but she read it in her eyes and believed in spite of it he had been away two weeks and he returned as his father had done at night the women were sitting together in the little room they were not talking or working though each had work in her hands it was christian who heard him first she threw down her work and stood up he is here she cried he is coming up the step she was out in the narrow entry and had thrown the door open before he had time to open it with his key the light fell upon his dark pale face and showed a strange excitement in it he was dishevelled and travel-worn but his eyes were bright his first words were enough it is all right he said in an exultant voice it is a success where is my mother he had taken her hand as if without knowing what he did and fairly dragged her into the room his mother had risen and stood waiting it is a success he cried out to her it is what he meant it to be i have finished his work she turned from him to the girl uttering a low cry of appeal christian she said christian the girl went to her and made her sit down and knelt before her clasping her arms about her waist and uplifting her glowing young face at the moment her beauty became such a splendor that murdoch himself saw it with wonder it is finished she said and it is he who has finished it is not that enough yes she answered but but and the words died upon her lips and she sat looking before her into vacancy and trembling murdoch threw himself on the sofa and lay there his hands clasped above his head i shall be a rich man he said as if to himself a rich man and it is nothing but it is done end of chapter 50 recording by john brandon